0: it's Sammy. Welcome back to another episode of Politically Blonde. In this episode, in light of Pride Month, I will be sharing my support for the LGBTQQIAAP community. For those of you who don't know what the full acronym stands for, it is Lesbian, Gay, Bisexual, Transgender, Queer, Questioning, Intersex, Allies, Asexual, and Pansexual. Since that is a mouthful, I will abbreviate it to LGBTQ for the remainder of this podcast. Basically, the theme of the month is love is love, today and every day, and nobody has the right, including the government, to tell someone who they can or cannot love. While Pride Month is supposed to be a month dedicated to celebrating and respecting the LGBTQ community, their members often receive backlash and criticism and even face violence during this time. Unfortunately, this is not a new occurrence for them, as they have faced public discrimination since 1924, when the first gay rights organization called the Society for Human Rights in Chicago was formed, and likely privately well before that, when being part of the LGBTQ plus community was more closeted. Only a few months after the Society for Human Rights was formed, LGBTQ plus hate began when many members of the society were arrested, leading to the disbanding of the group. This was only the very beginning of the decades of hate, discrimination, and violence they would continue to endure just for the human right to love who they want to love and feel comfortable with who they are as people. For over 100 years, sodomy laws existed in the United States, criminalizing the behavior as a crime against nature. These laws did not originally intend to criminalize homosexual behavior. However, by the 20th century, they were used to arrest consenting adults from this sexual activity, often in the privacy of their own homes. It was not until 2003 that these laws were finally overturned by the Supreme Court, and homosexuality could no longer be criminalized by those with religious or moral agendas who deemed the behavior unacceptable. In addition to laws on the books that made homosexuality a crime, conversion therapy was used for many years in an attempt to change the sexual orientation of people who did not conform to what certain groups find morally appropriate. People were given electric shocks and other torture to try to force them to become heterosexual. What is almost more astonishing and appalling is that there are currently only 24 states plus D.C. that have bans or partial bans on conversion therapy for minors. How is this practice possibly not illegal in all 50 states? In 1952, the American Psychiatric Association listed homosexuality as a sociopathic personality disturbance. In 1953, President Dwight Eisenhower signed an executive order banning homosexuals from working for the federal government. Claiming that they were a security risk. Police raided bars and clubs that were frequented by the LGBTQ plus community, as people were arrested for trying to peacefully live their lives and love whomever they chose. On June 28, 1969, the Stonewall Inn in New York City was raided by police, which touched off protests and riots in response for those in the LGBTQ plus community to defend their civil liberties. And of course, Many people have been attacked and killed for decades just for loving someone of the same gender. While many occurrences of LGBTQ plus hate crimes have flown under the radar, many people have heard about the mass shooting at the Pulse nightclub in Orlando, Florida on June 12th, 2016. This was the deadliest attack on the LGBTQ plus community in American history, which killed 49 people and injured 53 more. And five years later, the owner of the Pulse nightclub laminated, but unfortunately, not much has changed. Throughout this time period, where homosexuals have been treated as criminals and sociopaths and had to fear for their lives, there have been some bright spots in more recent history in their journey. In 1966, the Supreme Court ruled in Romer v. Evans that laws could not single out LGBTQ plus people to take away their rights. As mentioned earlier, in 2003, the Supreme Court eliminated all sodomy laws, finally decriminalizing homosexuality. In 2013, in the United States versus Windsor, the Supreme Court decided to remove the portion of the Defense of Marriage Act that defined marriage as a legal union between one man and one woman as husband and wife, paving the way for marriage equality. Finally, In 2015, in Obergefell v. Hodges, the Supreme Court legalized gay marriage, saying that prohibiting it was a violation of the 14th Amendment's Equal Protection Clause. This finally allowed LGBTQ plus people to have the legal rights of tax exemptions, health care, social security, and other benefits previously only allowed to opposite sex marriages. Last year, the Supreme Court found that the 1964 Civil Rights Act protects gay, lesbian, and transgender employees from discrimination based on sex, deciding that they cannot be fired solely due to their sexual orientation. These important cases have come a long way in providing protections for the LGBTQ community. However, there's still a long way to go. Other cases have allowed businesses to deny services to LGBTQ+ plus people under the guise of religious freedoms. Most recently, in the Supreme Court's decision in Fulton versus the City of Philadelphia. In this case, the court decided unanimously that Philadelphia was unlawfully refusing to do business with Catholic social services because they denied adoption services for same-sex couples. This was a huge blow to the LGBTQ plus community and shows just how much farther we need to go to protect the rights of LGBTQ plus people in all aspects of life. In addition to court cases, LGBTQ plus rights were weakened under President Trump. His administration resigned civil rights protections for transgender students, banned transgender soldiers from serving in the military and made it more difficult for LGBTQ plus people to receive health and welfare services. Thankfully, President Biden has reversed this Trump era discrimination and restored protections for the LGBTQ plus people in healthcare and the military, and most recently provided protections for gay and transgender students in school under Title IX of the Education Amendments Act of 1972. However, the fragility of this protection is apparent as another administration can restore discrimination at any time. People in the LGBTQ community should not have to live in fear. They should not have to worry that they are going to be harassed, discriminated against or killed based on who they love. They should not have to search for businesses who are willing to offer them services because many will turn away couples in same-sex marriages or people who identify as homosexual or transgender. The LGBTQ community has suffered for decades and faced hate and criticism solely based on who they love. We need to come together as a country and recognize that we are all human beings and that one's sexual orientation or gender identity does not make them an enemy. We have made great strides to reduce discrimination amongst the LGBTQ community. But in order to ensure that all people feel safe and respected, no matter who they love, we have much farther to go. Many of the gains that have been made for this community have been through the courts, but this is a long process and there are no guarantees. These people have waited long enough for equal treatment under the law and legislation needs to be put on the books that will finally remove discrimination based on sexual orientation and gender identity. I believe that we can put our differences aside in order to provide real protections for LGBTQ people in all aspects of life. If we continue on the path President Biden is paving, we can finally be a country that accepts all people, the true melting pot of all races, cultures, genders, sexual orientations, and any other ideologies that make us different. Our diversity makes us strong. Now we must be united in protecting it. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Politically Blonde. I will post resources for how you can support the LGBTQ community, not just this month, but every day. Please make sure to check out my website, politicallyblonde.net, and my Instagram, at politicallyblondepodcast. Thanks for listening. I'll be back next month with another important podcast on the debate over abortion rights.